What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Out of Bounds with Dylan James right here on JDF Media. I'm your host, Dylan James. As always, alongside me is producer extraordinaire, the man who's behind everything, really, on Out of Bounds and on JDF Media, Tyler Sorensen. Tyler, how are you doing this evening, sir? Uh, good. Just had dinner. A nice night for Thursday Night Football. Came home yesterday. Had my first uh, broadcasting game for basketball, which that was fun. So now we're doing this, and I'm excited to talk about football again. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited, too. I, I hope your broadcasting event was good. Hope you got some good experience there. That's a good thing. Oh, yeah. The the team I'm calling beat their, beat the other team, I think it was 79 to 34 or okay. something like that. Well, so. I'd say that's a success on your part. So kudos to you. You were in the building. That's the reason why they won. So kudos to you. Um. So, you know, we have a lot to talk about tonight, but before we do, feel free to share the show with your friends, subscribe to our YouTube, to our Facebook, to our Twitter, Twitch, everything. Uh, all of our channels are up in the right top right corner. So feel free to subscribe. There's also subscribe to our, our podcast, um, Apple podcasts, Google, SoundCloud, everywhere you get your podcasts, we're there. So be sure to subscribe to us. We would truly appreciate that and also if you want to chime in on the conversation feel free to do so in the chat below we're on youtube we're on facebook we're on twitch and we are on um kick as well so feel free to chime in the comments we'd love to get those thoughts and those questions before we get into week 11 but this week we'll be talking about week 10 what happened there we'll be talking about uh buffalo Buffalo right now is in a blender of sorts, and they have a new offensive coordinator, which we'll talk about momentarily. And we also had another Josh Dobbs sighting this weekend. He played very well for the Minnesota Vikings. We had a Kyler Murray sighting. Kyler Murray came back and made his season debut for the Arizona Cardinals with a win, which we'll dive into as well. So a lot of storylines, and one that's very familiar to you, Tyler, somebody that you know played for your team for a few years. His name's Aaron Rodgers. He decided to come out and say that there is a timeline of maybe mid-December for him to return for the New York Jets. Seems like a lofty goal for me, but uh, we'll talk more about that later on in the show. But before we get to all of that, let's get into the Week 10 recap. And we also have Peeper's Picks tonight as well. So we'll talk about Peeper's Picks. OOB Parlay will be pushed off a little bit. We'll wait until about Saturday when the lines drop for more games, and that way we'll give you a better opportunity to make some money with the OOB parlay. Just feel free to subscribe to all of our social media channels. We'll be posting the graphic there with all of our picks. So, um, yeah, because this week wasn't uh, it wasn't we talk, good. We don't want to talk about this week. It wasn't good. I mean, we can talk about it right now. Might as well get it out of the yeah, way. Yeah, might as well open with it. The parlay didn't do so hot. Um, I no. guess that's the best way to say it. Didn't do so hot this week. Uh, yeah, that you have it on the screen there. Will Levis did not throw over 220 yards. Adam Thielen did not receive over 68 and a half uh, yards. And Tyson Badgett didn't do well on uh, Thursday night football. And that's another reason why we're doing it on, on Saturday or Sunday instead. So that some of these lines can come out, we can give you better props to choose from. Uh, but if you are following along with the OB parlay, you have won this season, $35 and 73 cents. So, that's not bad. At the end of the day, that's not bad. So I still think it's a plus. I still think OB Parlay will be victorious once again this weekend, and we will get into those picks later on in the show um, with Pipe Peeper's picks, his his picks for the games this weekend. Um, week 10 recap. Let's talk about the Germany game first, the Colts versus the Patriots. This was a nail-biter in the worst way possible because it was an awful game to watch. And the Colts were victorious with this one after getting a Jonathan Taylor touchdown early in the game. Final score was 10 to six. The Patriots are now two and eight on the season. The Colts are currently, I believe in second place in the AFC South. Uh, they, they're tied. They're they, tied well, in second place. I think they have technically one more loss than the Texans because the Texans have already had their bye week, whereas the Colts have not. Well, that it's interesting. It's, it's interesting to say the least that it's so competitive in the AFC South amongst the teams that I thought were not going to win the AFC South, um, which we'll talk more about the Titans in a little bit as well. But Bill Belichick, though, is still there. He's still standing in, in New England. And it sounds like there will be a mutual parting of ways potentially at the end of the season. And Dan Orlovsky was on 
first take this week and talked about how there might be a job already lined up for Bill Belichick once he is done with the New England Patriots. And that team is no other than the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I can't talk about that. Also, was it first take or was it, I thought it was Pat McAfee's show that he was on. Oh, never mind. I'm sorry. That. It was it was Pat McAfee's show. Yes. So I know he's he on me, first take. Right. I know he's on first take every once in a while, but it was Pat I, McAfee. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not surprised that it's going to be a mutual parting because he's he's been with the Patriots since 1997, 98, something around there. It's very very good. He started this so since. Basically, the entire time Brady was there, they were winning. Like, you can't talk about that. They wouldn't be the Super Bowls without Brady, and I think they're starting to realize that. I think, though, the past few years with Mac Jones and without Brady, I think Robert Kraft is so used to those winning ways that he can't deal with not winning. So I'm not surprised that it's going to be a mutual, mutual, hey, get out of here. I don't want you here anymore. Um, and if he does go to Los Angeles, I think, I think he will do good. But I really hope that he keeps a few of the people that are there, more specifically Keelan Moore. But, I mean, I, I think that could be a good job for him. Just don't give him the GM job, in my opinion. Yeah, but it sounds like it would be the GM and head coach role if he did go to the Chargers, which, again, that's not I – mean, we've talked about it on this show. I don't think that him being in the GM role is the best, the best way to, to go about things. It's not a good move for the organization. Um, and also I see Angela did comment in the chat saying, what's up guys, let's go. The chat is now working on our end so we can actually display video, uh, display messages, I believe. So if you want to chime in on the chat, feel free to do so. We'll get your messages on screen. Now we had a little bit of technical difficulty there, but uh, yeah, Bill Belichick, I don't think he needs to necessarily be the GM of a team. I think he can be, go out there, be the coach of a team. He still is really, really, we talked about it. He has very, very good game time decisions. He's he's always in it. He knows the pl- the playbook and the rule book back and forth. Um so I I think he's great when it comes to game management. I think he's great when it comes to, you know, being out there on Sundays and coaching up his guys to make them play better. But being a GM, being in charge of the player personnel and putting together a roster, that's not necessarily his strong suit. So if a team could come in and and he needs to give up that control as well. He he needs to tell the team, "Look, I think someone else needs to be in this in this position, not just me. I think that I need to focus on coaching more than player personnel. He needs to come to he needs to have a come to Jesus moment in this moment here and say, "Look, I think it's time for me to just be a coach, not a GM as well." And that way they can be actually be successful because the roster they have there in Los Angeles I think can be successful. If Bill Belichick was there right now instead of Brandon Staley, as the head coach of the Chargers, I think they would have a winning record right now. Oh yeah, there's been a lot of issues I think going on. I think I think Austin Eckler's talked about this with the amount of defensive issues that they had. The one thing though as well that I I got to sort of comment on is we've talked about like Bill Belichick as a GM. He has been a GM for the Patriots the entire time he's been a head coach. It's just as of recent he hasn't been that good of a GM and putting together schemes because in my opinion it's starting to the game's starting to leapfrog him a bit. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's just, it's getting a lot more faster. And a lot of these different sort of players where it's like, you can, you got to have somebody who can play both middle linebacker and outside corner. Basically, it seems like because of how the speed of the game, and especially being in division with the dolphins and the bills jets, not so much right now, but I think if Aaron Rodgers was still there and healthy, I think, the, I think the jets too, like, I think they would all be, they would all have a lot of different aspects of that game. Whereas the, whereas the Patriots are just sort of stuck in their ways. This lineup under center, heavy offense, heavy tight end usage sort of team. And instead of this shotgun pistol formation sort of style that the NFL is starting to lean to as of late. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we've talked about it too, with Mike Vrabel, Mike Vrabel, there, there are people out there saying that he's in this old school mindset of, run the ball, pound the ball, you know, ground and pound, just time of possession on the clock. Like, it, it's it's kind of straying away from that. We, we talked about last week how Derrick Henry is probably going to be one of the last running backs like that that we see in the NFL most likely. I mean, he, he's, he's a dying breed in the NFL because we're seeing these running backs who are very good 
pass catchers who, who are very good coming out of the backfield, catching passes, and just shifty guys. You're not seeing downhill runners like you used to. Um, even Ezekiel Elliott is getting to that point to where he's in kind of the running back that, that used to be that way as well, to where they're just not, they're not going in that trend anymore. So I, I think that you just have to change your mindset. You have to change your mindset, kind of go around the new scheme of, uh, of playing. And I think that there are other guys out there that would be able to benefit Bill Belichick by having that skill set of finding those kind of guys and Bill Belichick going out there and able to put together a scheme with the guys he has on his roster, not worrying about player personnel. I think that that's something that they definitely need to talk about in his next role, if it is with the Chargers. Now, uh, granted, when when Dan Orlovsky was on the Pat McAfee show talking about this, he did not say who the team was, but there have been other reports coming out, other sources coming out saying that it was probably going to be the Chargers. That's the team that they were going to be talking about. That's the reason why we brought it up here. So um, interesting there. I, I, I do see that being the best scenario for the Chargers and for Bill Belichick because he knows that's probably going to be the most likely opportunity since Brandon Staley is probably not going to stay there if if they miss the playoffs. Even if they make the playoffs this year, um, I, I just don't see Brandon Staley staying with the Chargers the way he's been he's been coaching there if Bill Belichick's available. So that's going to be something to, to strongly consider if you're the Chargers and if you're also the Bills. Um, or I'm sorry, the, um, the, uh, Bill Belichick, um, Kevin Fitzmaurice is chiming in on the chat saying CJ Stroud is the best quarterback in the NFL right now. I said what we're all thinking. He's very good. I mean, I, I understand now why the Titans were trying to trade up to number two in the draft to get him number three in the draft to get him. I, I completely understand where they were coming from. Um, he's very, very good. And I, I would love to say, it's funny because if we somehow come out of this draft class, because Bryce Young, we've talked about it, his offensive line is not doing him any favors in Carolina. That whole Panthers team isn't doing him any favors. No, no. And also, the GM trading away your number one wide receiver to get that draft pick to get Bryce Young probably wasn't the best decision either. Because oh, and not to mention, not yeah. to mention, too, that trade and then also another trade that happened that year. CMC going to the 49ers. That if, too. If the, if the Panthers had CMC and and DJ Moore with them right now, I think that Panthers team would be a lot better. But then again, you more than likely would not have Bryce Young in the system that you are able to now. And you, also too, one of the things as well is they don't even have their first round pick next year. So it's for the Panthers situation right now. It's so it's all fucked, and I feel bad for Bryce Young because it's going to be that Drew Brees scenario where he. Plays for the Chargers for a few years, gets traded, and then immediately does immediately becomes one of the top. I don't think he's going to become one of the top fifteen ish quarterbacks in the league or in NFL history, but he's definitely going to be a top. He could be a, in that sort of echelon if he does go to the right place. Do you so? So you're saying in the next few years that Bryce Young will probably be traded, or Bryce Young will not? Either Bryce Young will be traded, or Bryce Young will not re up. When his rookie contract is over. Yeah, I would not be surprised. And I think there's one team that I think is going to be looking at that situation. That the coach that Sean, that Sean, uh, I said his name, Sean Payton is going to be the Broncos. In my opinion, I could see them going for it. Cause if they don't get your door next year or when he does come out of the, uh, in, out, out onto the draft, I think he could go to Denver with Sean Payton and sort of try to take over the regime from Russell Wilson. How old is Russell Wilson now? 35? He's not 30. 30. 34. He turns 35. He turns 35 in about a week. Okay. So, I, I, hey, I was right on. You were so right. I've... Happy early birthday, Russell, uh, Russell Wilson. Um, I would say that... That is probably the most the the best place for him to go, if that's the case. If Sean Payton's still with Denver, which at this point I would see it being, if there is a colossal failure in Denver, I don't think they would move on from Sean Payton. They would probably move on from their quarterback, and they would probably have the assets to be able to trade for a piece like that if they were to trade for him, or if he decided if C.J. Stroud decided or not C.J. Stroud, uh, Bryce Young decided to hit the open market. 
um, to go to a place like Denver instead because Denver has the defense. I mean, Denver has been playing well. I mean, they, they just played pretty well this past this past week. So I, I think that, you know, that, that would be interesting. I mean, 34, almost 35 in a few years after Bryce Young's rookie contract runs out, Russell Wilson will be in his twilight. It might be a time for them to move on from him and, and get a quarterback like Bryce Young. I mean, that'd be interesting. That'd be very interesting. So I just pulled up the contracts for both for both Bryce Young and Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's contract, they have a potential out in 2026. They keep on popping up. They have a potential out in 2026, but he's, he's contracted until 2028. He's a UFA in 2029. Bryce Young, his rookie contract with the uh, one-year extension, it will be a UFA in 2028. Lines up pretty well. Lines up fairly well, especially if you are able to if you are able to trade for him or say like, hey, they the Panthers are like, hey, we don't want to sign you anymore. We want to try to get some assets for 2026 potential out year. That's the year that they have that one extra year, so that would be the perfect tra- timeline to trade for him. And I think as well with that with that team with how young that with how young the Broncos are I think that would be a great timeline fit for that team too yeah Fitz is chiming in once again saying mayo season yes it is mayo man season in Tennessee but it was kind of going to my point earlier with CJ Stroud Bryce Young and Will Levis if all three of those quarterbacks hit and Anthony Richardson too because Anthony Richardson he got injured this year but he might come back I mean he should come back next year healthy and ready to go for his second season, hopefully have a full training camp to where he can he can develop as well into a quarterback they want to see him as. So if all four of those quarterbacks hit, which would be an anomaly, that, that hardly ever happens, that a draft class that strong happens for quarterbacks especially, how crazy would that be to have four future quarterbacks who are just the faces of their franchise be that good coming out of the draft yeah it's insane also isn't this like the most the most amount of rookie quarterbacks that have started a game this year it's like 10 or 11 or something like that yeah obviously there's been injuries and stuff like that but it's like i remember looking at the beginning of the season it's like okay there's not really a quarterback that it's like you look at and it's like okay where are they gonna go i could see all these guys playing it's like all of a sudden now it's like oh, every team basically needs a quarterback because of either injury or other stuff, but it's just like one of those things where this season's been insane for the quarterback position because of the amount of different rookies that have come in and played, the amount of Division II, Division III, even Division II quarterbacks that have come out, and even undrafted players that have just been able to come in and start for their game, even though a few of them have not been that good. Also, another question from Fitz. Fitz had several comments. Fitz, I'll get to your uh, Commanders Raiders comment in just a second. But he said, who's playing better? Not Hurts or Mahomes or Burrow or Lamar or Allen or Lawrence. So I'm assuming he's thinking the next quarterback on that list. Herbert? Or better than C.J. Stroud? Oh, better than C.J. Stroud. That's my guess. That might be. I mean, if you can give us some clarification on that question, that'd be great. Um, If if it's better than CJ Stroud, I have to say Lamar. Uh, Lamar hands down right now. Lamar is playing out of his mind. He is, I think that offense, I think that's exactly what they need. They need Kirby to come in and just change that offense. That's exactly what they've done. Uh, Hertz is sort of taking it down here because of uh, Shane leaving and going to Indianapolis. Mahomes is having a little bit down here because, again, Matt Nagy. Joe Burrow was injured the first few weeks. I think he's. I think the injury is still bugging him. Allen has just fallen off a cliff. Lawrence, I just. I don't think Lawrence is as projected as he could be. But I mean, like CJ Stroud. That's yeah. I mean, CJ Stroud is still one of the best quarterbacks I think in the league right now. But I have another question in here lower down, which I don't know if you want to talk about that game next, since we're on the topic of CJ Stroud. Yeah. But I know a lot of people have been saying CJ Stroud for MVP. I want to know your opinions on it throughout the his rookie season so far. And I have his stats as well with it. Give me his stats. Give me a stat line. Because I know he's done well the past few weeks, but I want to know what his full body of work has been so far. I know he's only thrown for one interception so far this season. So he's thrown two interceptions, two. 15 okay. touchdowns. 
and he has uh, 2,626 yards with a 61.6 completion percentage and are currently second place in the AFC South tied with the Colts, but they had their bye week already. So it's sort of, it's the weird one team has a bye week, one team hasn't yet. And it's, it's a, I think it's an interesting question too, because I think it could happen because of the MVP being such a QB heavy award. I don't think he's going to, I don't think he should get it though. I think this would be the first year in a long time that it should go to a non-QB because there hasn't really been a QB that's just been off of the charts so far. I mean, Lamar Jackson's had as close to an MVP season compared to what it was his his MVP season um, yeah. as he's had all se- all career long. Um, he's had a very good year. When you're looking at his numbers, I mean, Angela even chimed in saying, yes, Lamar is killing it this season. The Ravens are killing it this season. They have the weapons. And Lamar is just distributing the ball very well. He's using his legs when he needs to. He hasn't gotten injured yet, which that's a surprise in and of itself. So, I mean, the Ravens are playing very, very well. They're a very strong team in the AFC. They could give a team a run for its money. And I think as of right now, the Chiefs are number one in the AFC. Uh, Number one in the conference, I believe. I mean, I think so. they're the team that can give the Chiefs the the biggest run for their money right now. Because yeah. the Ravens so, just feel that they look unstoppable. The past few weeks, they've looked very, very good. Very good. Yeah. Uh, so looking at it, I think actually Lamar is actually having a little bit of a worse year than I thought. I think it just is the Ravens in general. But so his MVP year, they went 13-2. and two. He had just over 3,000 yards, 36 touchdowns, six interceptions. Okay. This year so far throughout 10 through 10 games, he's had just over 2,000, uh, 2,100. He has 2,177 passing yards, 10 touchdowns, five interceptions. The biggest thing though, is he had in 2019, the year he won the MVP, he had a 66.1 completion percentage. Whereas this year he's got a 70.3 completion percentage. So that's a four percentage jump, and that will be his highest percentage if this continues to grow since that MVP season. Whereas last year he had 62, the year before 64, 64. In his rookie year, he had 58, but that doesn't really count because he only played a few games. Mm. So it's like this is his highest year with comp- completion percentage wise. So I think that's another reason why, as well, we're looking at Lamar Jackson, we're looking at that growth that he's had, that he could have it. But again, like other than him, there's not really a quarterback that's jumping off the page at me that's like hey pick me instead of other than recent years where it's like oh yeah it was Mahomes Rodgers was Rodgers was looking amazing all these guys look amazing right now it's like okay it's Tyreek Hill they've been jumping he's been jumping off the page he was on pace for almost like 3,000 yards this year before he got hurt a little bit CMC he just had his touchdown streak broken which is at 17 games leading back to last season he was injured for a bit, but it's like, other than those two, it's like, okay, TJ Watt has been looking amazing. It's all these defensive guys. And it's like, you don't really look at all the quarterbacks. And it's like, there's nobody that's really jumping off the page. I mean, really the biggest thing is when it look, when you look at these teams, you have to also look at who is the most valuable player on their team, who is leading to their team's success. The most CJ Stroud could be in that conversation at the end of the season. I don't think he's in the conversation yeah. now. I think he might be a, a an honorable mention right now. But in my mind, I don't think he's there. I don't think he's at that point yet. Um, if, in the, if if voting ended today, I don't think he would be the MVP. But wow. And it's recency bias as well. I mean, he's looked great the past two weeks. And he has looked good throughout the season, only throwing two interceptions in his rookie year on a team that last year they were, you know, in the gutter of the AFC South. Okay, yeah, I mean, I, I completely understand that he's doing really, really, really well for a rookie quarterback, and he has the best touchdown-interception ratio, I believe, since Patrick Mahomes in his rookie season. Yeah, in his first year, I believe In his so. first year yeah. playing as a starting quarterback, I think he has the best touchdown-interception ratio. So uh, that's great company to be a part of. Uh, I, you know, uh, I don't know. It's interesting. We'll we'll see later on down the line. I know you know when we get to like week sixteen, week seventeen, 
we'll put together some some of our picks for MVP and and offensive rookie of the year, offensive uh, defensive rookie of the year, things of that nature. We'll we'll talk more about that on the show as well. But um, it's a really good conversation to have. CJ Stroud is having a great season, and th- there are not many quarterbacks in the league right now that I would probably choose over CJ Stroud. Yeah, no, especially to build your franchise around, and somebody being that's, and with him basically being like, hey, I'm drafted, but. Three hours later, I'm telling the I'm telling my te- I'm telling the team that just drafted me that's saying, "Hey, you're going to be the future of our franchise." To draft my number one wide receiver and Tank Dell, I, I, that just shows like, "Hey, I'm a leader. I want this guy." Because me and him had a connection during pro day and during uh the combine and during all this stuff. That's like it just seems to be and it's replicating on the field too, and it's just been amazing to watch those guys click. And it's just it's it's weird watching it and just being like, "Okay, this Texans team, it's they're starting to look good again." Yeah, and the AFC South is going to be fireworks for the next five-plus years. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, and Will Levis, Mayo Man. I mean, it's going to be it's gonna be a knockdown, drag-out fight every single year for the division, and it's going to be fun to watch. Fun to watch. Yeah. It's going to be uh, terrifying for me to watch since I'm in the division, but... Um, it's still gonna be a lot of fun. I, I can't wait for it. Now let's get back to Kevin's question here: Commanders or Raiders? If we're look, are, are, I mean, there has to be some context to this question as well. Are we looking at like current construction of the team itself, and that's it? Are we looking at coaching staff and team? Uh, if if it was coaching staff and team, if it was everything included, I would probably have to say the Raiders. Because you have the pieces there to be successful. Aiden, Mc- Aiden O'Connell is probably the one piece that I say, eh, eh, could it be better? Yeah, it could be. You could find somebody better than Aiden O'Connell. But you have Devontae Adams. You have Josh Jacobs. You have some really good pieces on offense. The defense, Matt Crosby. Max Crosby, man, I'm telling you, he's one of my favorite defensive players. I, I love the way he plays. He's passionate. He gets to the quarterback, even though you know he's coming. He he's like the one of the best rushers. The, the he is the best rusher that the Raiders have. Yet you can't stop him. He's yeah. always coming. He's always affecting the play if he gets his hand on the quarterback or not. And he's just a lot of fun to watch. Um, but the Raiders, I, I would probably say the Raiders over the Commanders right now, especially well with the Commanders losing two of their ma- main defensive pieces on the line there, but I I would probably pick Pierce over Riverboat Ron right now. I mean, that's just, that's just Ron to me. I, I don't know what's happened with him because he showed flashes in Carolina. Was it just because of Cam Newton? Is that the reason why he was successful for the time he was? Because he just makes some really weird decisions for the commanders. He leads them to losses more so than leading them to wins. So I, I don't know. I, I think that if there was a coaching change there in, in Washington, that it would probably, it, it might be closer to a Washington getting my vote here. But as of right now, I think the Raiders are the team to choose. Yeah. I mean, you look at the way that Devonte Adams has been talking about him and Devonte Adams, he talks, he doesn't talk a lot, but he, he loves, uh, he loves Antonio Pierce and a gun with the commanders. Like you said, Riverboat Ron is leading to losses right now. They have the right now. Sam Howell has the most, has the most passing yards in the league. And they're one of the worst teams in the NFC. Like that should not be happening, but middling at best. It, yeah. Middling. And it's just like, how are you? I'm excited to watch this next, this off season for this team and be like, Hey, I think that is Eric Bieniemy's time to take over as head coach, and Riverboat Ron is going to be gone by the by this by next season, if not to end this season. Yeah, I mean it, it'll be fascinating to see how Bieniemy is able to manage the whole team and not just focusing on the offense. That's the big thing for me. Focusing on just the offense, he he can help his quarterback get those numbers and and whatnot, but. Can he put the right guys in place for him to still be successful in the head coaching position, but focusing on the offense 
Or is it going to be like a Brandon Staley type where the game decisions are not there, game management's not up to par, um, he's focusing too much on the offense to where no one else is able to work with the defense. It's something, I, hopefully that can happen. Hopefully he can get the pieces around him, hoping he can get the coaches around him to be successful as a head coach. And I think in the commanders, I mean, I think he's earned it at this point. Like you said, I, I think making it to where Sam Howell is one of the best quarterbacks right now in the league, especially in passing yardage. I mean, I think he deserved a shot. I think he deserves a shot. And I think Riverboat Ron has coached himself out of his head coaching position. I, I think he's the next, the next domino to fall in the head coaching carousel in the NFL should be Riverboat Ron. Yeah, it really should. You look at, and also too with the new management, the new owners of of the Commanders, I'm surprised they didn't really they haven't really made any big because a lot of the times when the when the new owners come in they want to try to make this big splash for their team and they haven't they haven't really done that yet so I'm I'm going to be surprised. A if possible name change is it. a big splash, I guess. Yeah, yeah, a possible name change, and I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if like him going is their big splash, quote unquote. Be like, hey, we want to try to win games, and now it's Eric Bieniemy's time to shine. I still am waiting for them to do the new Sean Taylor statue, but I don't know why they haven't done that yet because that, that was probably one of the worst decisions of the Dan Schneider era in Washington. And that's saying something (laughs) because he's had a lot of bad decisions there in Washington, but uh, I digress. I I think that the the Raiders though are on a good path right now. They have the pieces in place to be competitive this year. I think that that division is still, pretty feasible for them to at least get a wild card spot this year. So, you know, we'll see how they, how they play out the rest of the season. They have about seven games left. So we'll see how the Raiders are able to uh, navigate those waters heading to a playoff spot, potentially Um, Saints Vikings. We talked about a little bit at the beginning of the show, Josh Dobbs, once again, great performance. It was funny. They actually posted a video of him asking where the locker room was in Minnesota because he had not been there to the stadium yet. Um, Pretty funny to watch. But Josh Dobbs, 23 or 34 for 268 yards passing and one touchdown. Also, one rushing touchdown that the Vikings shared on their social media, which if you have not seen it yet, you should. Just crazy. Him him and Kevin have a great relationship already. Kevin said, you know what? I trust you, man. If, if, if the lane is there for you to run, you take it. And... He dropped back to pass, didn't see anybody open, spun around to his left, and then just ran over to the the pylon, pointed towards the end zone for something. I guess trying to trying to throw off the defender, saying he's you know pointing at a wide receiver that might be wide open, but just ran in for a touchdown. Like I- I- incredible to see, and um, I think he got a second game ball as well for for, for playing the way he did. Um, he's come in and played very very well for the Vikings. He, he's led them to to continue to their winning streak in Minnesota. And I, I, I'm, I'm all here for it. Yeah, it really is. And I think going back to last week, I know I said like, he's the new Ryan Fitzpatrick of this era. He really is. I think everybody loves him no matter where he goes. And to think about it, think back on it too. Like the Jaguars a few years ago, they had Josh Dobbs. They had Gardner Minshew. They had Nick Foles. They had three of the best backup quarterbacks at least in the past five years, and it's like they couldn't do anything with it, which, again, they are backups. But, I mean, it's insane to watch this team grow, and especially, too, with Josh Dobbs starting it on – this is third team this season, and he's – he didn't win in he didn't win in uh, Arizona, but he tried to lead his team to wins, and now he's winning in Minnesota. He's just – he's just insane with how, how much information you have to learn, especially as a quarterback, to on three different teams – one you have a full off season with you get traded at the game one, the other you play for half of the season with, then you get traded at the trade deadline. And now you've been playing with this team for two weeks, like since November, and it's and now you're two and zero with that new team. It's insane. And now he gets Justin Jefferson back, probably one of the most dynamic wide receivers in the league. Like it's, uh, it's going to be game over for the NFC North, in my opinion. Yeah. I think the Lions are the only team that can really. St- try to stop the this Vikings team. Yeah. And TJ Hawkinson too. 11 catches for 134 yards receiving with a touchdown. They actually trained in the offseason together in Nashville. So they had that connection already. 
they were excited to be playing together on the same team, and that connection has just grown over the past two weeks. I uh, can't wait to see what they do the rest of the season. Angela chimes in, says Josh Dobbs was the best decision the Vikings could have made. I completely agree. Um, and also, it's a decision that the Cleveland Browns didn't make, which they probably should have, because that's transitioned to Deshaun Watson having season-ending shoulder surgery on his throwing arm. So there go the Browns' chance of doing anything this season, and they just beat the Falcons 33-31. to And at, at Baltimore, they played in Baltimore, beat them 33-31, and uh, now the Browns have to turn to the rookie to see if he can do anything for the team. But ah, that, that that's you could have had Josh Dobbs. You could have had uh, look at what he's doing right now. You could have had him. You had him on your practice squad even earlier this season. You had him on your practice squad, and um, yeah, can't do it. And the one thing though, I think if you're DTR, which is the new Browns starting quarterback, I think if because he balled during the preseason, he was he looked really really good. And so now the Browns were like, hey, we don't really need Josh Dobbs anymore. We have DTR. He looked, and then as soon as uh, as soon as Deshaun goes down the first, basically like the first few weeks, DTR comes in, doesn't look good. They sign PJ Walker. He looks decent. I'm surprised PJ Walker isn't getting in the nod to try to sort of salvage their season in quotation marks. But I think they're finally realizing like, hey, well, I think we made a mistake with this trade for Deshaun Watson, which a lot of people are saying it's probably the worst trade in NFL history. I think it's the worst trade in sign. In NFL history, I don't think it's the worst trade because you look at that Herschel Walker trade in the 90s. I think that's still probably the worst trade. Still pretty bad. But I think this this is the worst trade in sign because it is $23 million guaranteed that the that the Texans they weren't offering him. The Browns offered him that. So at least the worst just, trade. If you look to the worst trade, the worst trade probably in the last decade. Yeah, worst trade in at least a decade, too. And just think, I remember when he got traded to the Browns. I don't know there's that the CIA investigation going on with fans being like is that a falcons jersey in the background could he have tra- been traded to the falcons instead and all that stuff and just think if the browns didn't trade him if the falcons did then that would be a whole different story as well yeah absolutely and and the falcons are having their own troubles losing to an arizona-led team by uh kyler murray this weekend in a season debut losing 25 to 23 kyler murray had a a killer first down run in this game that they had the Arizona social media team. They've been doing these shots from uh, above the player. The, the Falcons actually had a few shots this season of Bijan Robinson uh, running oh, around. Um, but the Cardinals actually had one of Kyler Murray and it, it's so cool to watch. If you haven't seen it, go to their social media page because it's definitely a really cool video to see. Um, Angela said it's truly been the year of injured quarterbacks. Yeah, it has. It's been the year of injured quarterbacks and torn Achilles. Yeah. Like torn Achilles, you don't hear people tearing their Achilles as much as you've had, as much as you have this season. This season has been just weird, weird when it comes to those injuries, especially with like the whole, um, the whole turf conversation, turf versus grass. A lot of these Achilles injuries are happening on turf. It's, it's crazy to, to think that this year has been so bad when it comes to injuries and also to think that the Titans have not been as injured as they have been the past two seasons. It's just, it's an anomaly. Um, I don't know what's happening there, but uh, yeah, I mean, the injured quarterbacks have been a huge deal for this season. That's the reason why a lot of teams are like four and five, five and five, six and four, like all the teams now, it's just, it's very close together. There are only a few teams that are that are well above 500 this season. Um, and it's just because of injured quarterbacks, injured players, injured quarterbacks. Um, it's not the best there. Um, so we talked about the Falcons and the Cardinals a little bit. Kyler Murray season debut, 19 of 32, 249 yards and an interception, but he ran for a touchdown. Um, Falcons are kind of talking a little bit about Arthur Smith. I know that fans out there are talking about Arthur Smith wanting to let him go eventually too. just, it's just not working out there in Atlanta. They're not having the success they want to have there in Atlanta. I'm not sure if that's going to be a thing or not. Um, but he was a very good offensive coordinator. I don't know if he'd go back to offensive coordinator at this point, potentially, and then try to revive his, um, career that way and see if he can get some more experience under his belt. He had experience in Atlanta, learn from those mistakes, be an offensive coordinator somewhere, and then go back to a head coaching role down the line. Um, but yeah, I know that Falcons are Falcons fans are really talking about about Arthur Smith. So we'll see how that goes in the off season as well. That's another 
hot another hot seat for the coaches to uh, talk about this offseason. Um, we talked a little bit about the Falcons too. Oh, no, I'm sorry, the um, the Ravens as well. The Ravens losing last week to the Browns, but this week they're playing Thursday night football. We're actually about to see the game. It's going to be the fa- the Ravens versus the Bengals. Uh, very good heavyweight match it should be um either uh, although joe burrow is coming off a loss as well he apparently has an injured wrist an injured throwing wrist it looks like there was a a brace on his wrist coming off the team plane in a photo yesterday so we'll have to monitor that throughout the throughout the uh, evening as well to see if that hinders his performance at all which um might be interesting to see brian chiming in i believe he's on twitch good evening good evening to you brian as well um, thanks for joining in once again. You're, you're just in time for a really cool segment that we, we've been doing the past few weeks. But uh, before we get there, is there anything else you want to you talk about, Tyler, quickly before we uh, head over to our, our guest for the evening, recapping well, since, week 10? Since Brian's here, might as well talk about the Packers for a quick, quick, quick second. Um, Packers lost 19-23 versus the Pittsburgh Steelers to outgain them. I think the Steelers have been outgained in nine out of ten games this year, which... How are they still winning? But Jordan Love, two interceptions, fourth fourth quarter, both of them ending within the last two minutes of that fourth quarter. Just it's growing pains with the team, but it's just it you this can't be happening. And then also Matt Lafleur, I don't know if you saw this, but basically just calling out fans that are criticizing Joe Barry's defense because he keeps on running nickel nickel zone coverage, and it's uh, getting annoying. And I'm I'm looking into the camera here, so I'm. Like Matt LaFleur, if you want to come at me, come at me. I'm a grown man. I can do it. Why? Why are you calling him out in your press conference? We're three and six on the season. Our defense has been horrendous. We can't stop the run. We can't stop the pass. We don't have our starting we don't have our starting wide receiver. We have a we have three rookies starting on the defense, with one of them being called Valentine, they're called Valentine. As much as I love them both, like we can't stop anybody. We need to have we need to figure something out there. Nick. if it's if it's worth firing your best friend Joe Barry, you got to be a leader and kick him out the door at some point. Like this can't be happening anymore. And I get I'm very very low on the Packers blogging totem totem pole, but it, it's it's valid criticism. They have Najee Harris, who's you said Derrick Henry is one of the last sort of wrecking ball running backs in the league there. Uh, Najee Harris is sort of the newfound age of that where he's, he is a wrecking ball, but he's a, he's a lot shiftier wrecking ball. And we got gashed by him and he hasn't been all that good in the past few seasons. And it's just like, why are we, we should, our defense should not be looking this bad with granted. We don't really have all that many weapons, but it's like, we shouldn't be losing these games by, four points, five points, especially with how the art offense, I could go on and on and on about our offense with Aaron Jones, not getting as many touches as he should, but yeah, again, yeah, I think Christian Watson is on fraud watch for me. I mean, last year's draft, he had the most, he had the most drops out of any, any wide receiver in the draft last season or last year in his college career. I think he had like 12% drop rate. Whereas it, I think the next lowest was like ten percent or something like that. That was like first or like first, first or second day like projected. That's the word I'm thinking of. Mm, not eligible. Yeah, yeah. First or second day projected. So, I mean, it's stuff like that. And also, there's that one, the one interception that Patrick P- Peterson tipped. Great play by Patrick Peterson. I know some fans were saying like, "Oh, it's overthrown." No, it's underthrown. Underthrown. Learn, learn the difference. Overthrown means you throw it further. Underthrown means you throw it under him. Yeah. But I'm just getting annoyed by Packer fans that are like, because it's the same thing with all Wisconsin sports fans. It's very like, oh, we got to win now. Like, no, we just lost a Hall of Fame quarterback. Give it some time. But it is growing pains, and it's getting annoying when it's like we're watching, we're, we're doing dumb stuff that, we should have not be done. And we're starting to realize more and more like, oh, Rogers was really the offensive coordinator of this team for the past few years. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Titans, we'll talk about that too. Titans lost to the Buccaneers 20 to six. Buccaneers are now in second place in the NFC South. Um, New, New, New Orleans Saints are in first still. However, if they have Jameis Winston playing for an extended amount of time because of 
Derek Carr's concussion slash shoulder surgery or shoulder injury, that might not be a good spot for them, especially with Jameis Winston again being there. I mean, Art, he threw two interceptions in the game. Threw two interceptions oh, this past uh, weekend. Yeah, I know that, but I saw I saw him meeting well before before today. It was like uh, Jameis Winston is like Taco Bell. You know, it's not good for you, but you want to see it because of how fun it could be. And I'm like, that that's just true. Like it's just Jameis. Like I think I, I think out of every quarterback, I think. Him and Josh Jobs are like one and two with like the most, not the best, but like the most popular in the in the fan base. That's not good. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, um, Titans lost twenty to six. Their defense played well, only gave up twenty points. Their offense couldn't get it going. Offensive line was in a blender the entire day. There were there was a concussion. Andre Dillard went out with an, a concussion early in the game. However, it didn't really matter much because. Him being left tackle uh, is just is just uh, turnstile at this point, and so we'll we'll look at Dylan Radens this week. I think the Titans are playing Dylan Radens at left tackle currently, and Jalen Duncan is in there as well, competing for that position. So we'll see those players competing this week. See who actually gets to start on Sunday against um, the Jaguars. Jaguars this weekend. So Jaguars. We'll talk. Yeah, I've got a question for you. Yes, how's how's Skaronsky doing at guard? Skaronsky's been playing pretty well. Um, I, I still think Skaronsky should have shifted over to the left tackle position at some point this season just to see what they could do with him at left tackle since he was so good in college at left tackle. The coaching staff seems to think that that's just a no-go, that he's going to stay at left guard. He's not going to get shifted anywhere, um, which I, I, I get it. Developmental-wise, they want to make sure that he stays in his position and, and he has the best reps there, the most reps there, and move forward that way. But left tackle is definitely going to be the number one priority for the Titans heading into the draft this year. Um, I think that's going to be uh, – that's an understatement. I think that that's going to be the position they need to look at for sure. Not if we take ours first. Well – The ta- the tackle out of uh, Penn State, I think, is projected to go to us at six now. So Okay. Okay. Well, we'll see. I think there's uh, Joe Alt, I think, is one one guy. And then – Yeah, Joe Alt out of, no- out of Notre Dame. And yep. then I, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name, but it's like – it's like got 15 P's in it, and yeah. he's from Penn State. He's, yep. like a, he's like a really, really good tackle, and I know he's been – he's projected like top five-ish, and I'm just like, as long as we don't take a defensive lineman, I'm okay with it. Yep, absolutely. I mean, we need defensive lineman tackle. or linebacker. We need defensive lineman, linebacker, that's it. All right, well, it's time for your favorite segment of the week. My favorite segment of the week is Peeper's Picks. Um, Alex is joining us this evening from Orlando, Florida. And um, Alex, make sure your microphone is unmuted. There you go. Alex, thanks for tuning in and joining us this evening. You weren't sweaty this time. You actually... And I'm on time. I don't know if you brushed your hair, but at least you look you look pretty good tonight. You look pretty good tonight. You look like your picture a little bit. Uh, thank you. I look. had a busy day working from home. Didn't have to, so you know, it's just what happens with my hair when I sit in my house all day and work. Love that. Um, before we get into your picks, we will talk about what your picks were last week, and you came in once again at fifty percent. Um, but your, your lock of the week did hit. Your lock of the week did hit, which again. is great. Um, kudos to you on that one. Um, but again, fifty fifty so far. Two weeks in a row. Two weeks in That's a row. Two weeks 50%. in a row that the lock hit. So if you just want to follow something, follow the lock. Yeah. Oh, the, oh, the lock for sure is the one that you need to follow. And uh, you're six and six on the week. So, I mean, on the season. So that's a good thing. Um, and Bailey said you did not brush your hair. Um, but it's okay. It's, it still looks better than last week. I need a comb. I need a comb. You need a comb. Yeah. Angela, get him a comb quick. Um, so let's talk about your picks this week. As I said at the beginning of the show, we're not doing the OOB parlay tonight. We'll be doing it on either Saturday afternoon or Sunday morning to give you the best lines for those games to avoid Thursday night football, because obviously that's where the, the trouble started last week with the parlay. Um, <laughs> two of those three legs losing out. And then Will Levis, I called Will Levis actually. It wasn't because he, he failed because it was, I called him and said, look, you don't have to throw 221 yards this week. You can throw less than that. Don't worry. The parlay is already done because obviously, uh, you know, the other two legs are, are done. So if you don't throw 221 yards, then um, I, I won't be upset. Did you tell him to lose by 14, though? What now? <laughs> did you tell Will Loves that he could lose by 14, though? I did, I did not. I did not. I told him to hand the ball off to Derrick Henry more, um, but they only gave him, I think, 14 carries or something. Still continues the streak of if he has 20 or more carries in a game, they win. 
and when they don't have 20 or more carries in the game, they lose. Um, and Bailey said they lost me money. Angela said Peepers picks. Let's go. Yeah, uh, Thursday Night Football is is gearing up. They'll be starting in about 20 minutes or so on Amazon Prime. But as a primer for that game, see what I did there? Uh, we got Peepers picks. So, Alex, let's go through your slate. You got five picks for us this week. Give it to us. All right, let's tag him and bag him, baby. All right, we're starting out with Thursday Night Football on Prime Video. We're going to go AFC North matchup. A lot of stats we're throwing around here, like primetime games. Uh, on primetime games, I think the Ravens uh, or uh, Lamar is like seven and one. But then when Joe Burrow's an underdog, he's like 12 and one. You could go either way. I think it's going to come down to it's going to be really close. Both teams are also coming off crushing defeats. So I don't think that it's going to be lopsided in any way. So I think taking the Bengals at plus three and a half is a solid pick. Um, that gives you, you can lay the points, you can cover in a close loss. I have a quick question. With this game, for both of you, with this game, do you think the Bengals are in a, in a must-win game tonight against the Ravens? Tyler, I mean, I'll start with you. I would say yes, because just because of how tough the AFC North is. I think right now, all four AFC North teams would, be, would make the playoffs. Obviously, Cleveland, their quarterback just got injured, so that's up in the air. But I think with how strong the AFC North is and how strong the Ravens have looked, I think yeah, it's a must win for the it's a must win for the Bengals for the Ravens. I think they can afford losing this game, but I don't think they want to because especially with how how close and how many times this game between the the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens has impacted their playoff positions on both ways. Yeah, I think the Bengals always find a way to figure it out at the end of the season, too. They're one of those teams that kind of towards the end of the stretch get hot. Even if they lose tonight, which I hope they don't, I think they'll find a way still to pull through and make it, even if they're just a wild card. Catherine Rice is in the chat saying, nice bouffant. Um, and she also says the answer to the question is yes. Yes, that that's going to hit. Now we're going to move on to the early slate. Let's talk about the 1 p.m. game. Well, you got to pick one. I'm looking at the Titans and Jags. There are a lot of opportunities now that teams are not doing bye weeks this week or, or as many. I think taking the Jags minus six and a half is a solid pick for a couple of reasons. Jags got smoked last week as they should have. I think they're, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a make it right game for them this week. Take the Jags six and a half. Also, if you take a look at the prop markets, they're expecting not a lot from Will Levitz. To get a, I think right now they, you can get a prop on Will Levitz throwing a pick I think it's like minus 140. So they're really expecting with Levis to throw a pick this week. So I think uh, I'll take I'll take the Jags minus six and a half. All right, we're going to go over to the Bills, Bills-Panthers game. Uh, or sorry, no, Bills-Jets game. Okay, Zach Wilson, he sucks. He barely does anything. I did take a prop on Zach Wilson last week to run over 12 and a half yards. That literally hit in like 10 minutes. Real proud of that decision. But it's just so sad watching the Jets come out on the field. And every week, I think Zach Wilson's going to do something. But he still continuously does it. I now also think the same thing about Josh Allen. I think he's going to come out and he's going to, you know, not be his stupid self and try to be the hero. Like, But last week, I mean, he still hasn't proved that. But I think I'm betting on him finally coming back, having a bounce-back week. I don't think they'll crush the Jets, but I think they'll definitely win by seven. Um, so give me the Bills at the minus six and a half. All right, we're going to talk about now the lock of the week. Okay, we talked about Josh Dobbs. Now you have Richard Jefferson or Justin Jefferson back in the mix. You're going to give him a target. Him and Kevin O'Connell, I think, are completely on the same page, aside from where the locker room is. I think there's a little disconnect there. But they're on the same page. I think he leverages the fact that Josh Dobbs is what, – what was his major? He's like an aerospace engineer or something yep. like that. The pastronaut is what they call him. Guy. Okay, it's you know both smart guys that can click on offense. You they give Josh Dobbs a lot of RPOs. He can run out, do a quick run. He's fast. He can throw it out. Um, I think just, just giving Justin Jefferson out there on this like uh, as another option for him, he's uh he's gonna be able to run or just quick dash, and they're gonna they're definitely gonna cover plus three against the against the Broncos. That's a that's a no doubt. Um, and then finally we've got. Uh, Honestly, the biggest game of the week. I'm super excited about uh, Eagles at Chiefs. Super Bowl matchup. I was listening to the Kelsey podcast uh, today. They're pumped about the game, too. 
Um, it's going to be close. I don't want to take the spread. Uh, spread right now is minus two and a half, or it's two and a half points favoring the Chiefs. I really think it's going to come down to like it was in the Super Bowl, maybe even a field goal. So give me the Chiefs money line. They're going to win the game at home off of a bye week. Um, it's going to be close, but how about them Chiefs? I think they're going to cover and or they're going to win the game. All right. There and, you have it. Yeah. And I, I mean, I really, Dylan, I really want to give out my OOB parlay pick because I, it's just so solid. Give it can, out. Can I, can I give it out? Well, it's not, it's okay. not an OOB, it's not an OOB parlay pick. It's, it's, it's a prop pick that you can do as a single, as a, a straight, as you will. Um, give yeah. out the straight for the audience out there that, that want to put it in because you have about 15 minutes to put it in. It, it, well, and this is for the Sunday night game. Um, it's for oh, the Vikings okay. Broncos game anyway. It's it's Josh Dobbs running the ball, rushing for 26 and a half yards. Every single game this season but one, he's rushed for over 26 yards. In the game he didn't cover that, he only ran 26 yards. That, I mean, statistically speaking, the numbers line up. I mean, that's like a 90% chance of it happening. Um, and, you know, Last week he ran for 40. Week before that he ran for like 60. He's just been doing it every game. So that thing is a lock. Take that before it goes up because it's going to go up. We will revisit that on Saturday when we do our OOB parlay. We'll keep it as a straight for now. If it is 26 and a half still when we do the parlay, we might add that to the parlay. Um, but as of right now, we'll keep it as a straight. Uh, but the Peepers picks this week are here. Um, Cincinnati Bengals plus three and a half. Jacksonville Jaguars minus six and a half. Buffalo Bills minus six and a half. Minnesota Vikings plus three. And the Kansas City Chiefs money line. And then can we just start filling that little cup up there with just dollar bills? Because we're not going, we're going over 50% this week. We should, we better. If we're not, we better. We better. Yeah. I mean, you're due. I I am due. You know what they say? You're always due for, you're always due for a comeback. I think if you start saying you're due for a comeback, you're definitely getting yourself in a little bit of trouble. But I think – I'm not going to say we're due yet. We're at 50%. I think if, I'm, if I come out of a week at 30% or 25%, then I might be screaming we're due next week. And that's when you need to jump shit. Riverboat Ron is here. If I'm down 25%, get me on a week that I'm uh, following that up. Okay. Well, right. don't be Riverboat Ron because we were talking about how bad he is. Um, Catherine is saying, just hit kidding, um, big Al, nice hair. And also says Jacksonville was sad this weekend. Jacksonville was sad this weekend. I, I, I'm not going to go along the same thinking as Alex in this situation with Jacksonville versus the Titans this weekend. I know it'll be, I think it'll be a bit closer of a game than you think it's going to be. Um, but that's just me. I, I think a week last week was an anomaly when it comes to the offensive line, especially because there were just moving parts there. There were some injuries there. They had to shift some things around this week. They had a solid week of practice with the guys in place that are going to be in place for this weekend's matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars in a divisional matchup. Mind you, um, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be a, a seven point game, but um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. And also says not even sure who they were. Um. Yeah, it, they didn't look the same that they did before. But again, I said it last week on the show. I said Jacksonville in big games, they don't play so hot at home. They don't. Well, why is this game big? It's at like one o'clock. It's at four o'clock. I mean, it's a divisional round. That big of a game. It's a divisional round matchup. Okay, that, that's the reason okay. why. That's the reason why it's a big game. And Angela says so is Will Levis. You know. I don't know what my wife's thinking there, but what I will say, what, what, what I will say is Dylan, I just want to give you a piece of just a, I, I'm a Nebraska fan. Yep. I know this is NFL. We're talking NFL. I, I always thought Nebraska had a chance for the longest time. And I always would say, you know, even if they're playing the number five team in the country, they're going to, they're going to cover the spread. They might even win. I kind of think that that's sometimes you with the Titans and I, I respect that and I, I love it. I just think, though, that there comes a point where, you know, I just don't know if you're always going to – I don't know if I'll ever see you ever say that they're going to lose a game. Um, but but we'll see. Maybe one, one week we will. One week we will. Tyler, did, did Alex not see our first episode of the year when we had our predictions for the season and where we had the breakdown of games the Titans were going to play and, and I had losses on that board? I, I mean, that, yeah, but you also had them, like, winning, like, 10 games. 12 games. But, <laughs> listen – 
<laughs> I we I was drinking the Kool Aid they were giving me during the off season, saying that oh they they revamped their offensive line, they have better pieces now. Andre Dillard's coming in. He was a former first round draft pick. He should go in there and play well at the left tackle position. But he got benched in Philadelphia for another player that's a rookie that came in in place of Andre Dillard instead. I should have known that was a red flag at the beginning. Um, but there weren't very many options to choose from when it came to left tackle. And the offensive line has just been struggling all season. It hasn't just been um, Andre Dillard. But Angela said, uh, saying that Will Levis had a bad week and whatever, Alex, was what Ange said there. Um, but no, I, I, I will say, when I think the Titans are going to lose, I will say they're going to lose. I, I don't necessarily think they're going to win this weekend, but I don't think they're going to lose by seven points. I still think it's they're going to cover that spread um, of six and a half. I think that's a pretty easy spread for them to cover, especially with it being a divisional game. It could still be a close game with them losing the game um, because I, I still don't think, I, I don't trust the offensive line for the Titans right now. I don't trust their offense. I mean, Will Levis, I have a bit more trust in, um, but it's kind of hard to have the kind of games that you're expecting him to have when you have to have a tight end or a wide receiver helping out both of your tackles throughout the entire game kind of limits the choices that Will Levis has out there to throw to. Um, so hopefully that changes this week and hopefully there's some more open, more open wide receivers, more open tight ends, and maybe some running lanes for Derek Henry and Ty J Spears this weekend. But um, yeah, I still think it's gonna be a close game. But anyway, uh, once again, papers picks this weekend, take note of these and do with them what you will. If you want to, if you want to set them up as straight, you can, if you want to set them up as a parlay, Good luck with that. Um, just know that he's about 50%. Well he, a, he is 50% so far banger. in the season. Make it a parlay. Yeah, so make it a five-banger. Make it a five-banger parlay. You know, honestly, if you got if you can if you can dabble in alt markets, just bump those numbers up as high as they can go. Take that a six-five leg parlay. You make it like plus one fifty. I don't know. Tonight I got the Bills. I've got the I've got the Bengals plus 14. I got the under at 58 and a half in a two-leg parlay. I think that's going to hit. Take that five-legger, bump those in alt markets. You'll be a lock there. And Bailey says, Will Levis can't do well when his O-line is trash. He did well two weeks ago against the Steelers. Almost led them to a game-winning touchdown. He did well three weeks ago against the Falcons when they scored a lot of points, uh, 28 to be, or 27 to be exact, against the Chargers. So, he can still do well. He can still play well. It's just that he needs to use his legs a bit more. He talked about in the press conferences this week saying he's going to use his legs more after doing some self-scouting of the tape the past few weeks and uh, try to give some confidence to his, to his offensive line that way. So we'll see how it goes in the weekend. But I'll be hopeful. I'll be optimistic until they tell me, until there are several games in a row where I say there's no, there's no hope for this team, which... They're not making the Super Bowl this year. I know that. I can tell you that, Alex. I'm not going to think they're making the Super Bowl this year, but we'll see. Anyway, uh, Alex, thanks for joining us again. We will uh, talk to you next week. Most likely Tuesday. We'll probably do a show on Tuesday, maybe Monday. Who knows? We'll see what happens with the holidays and traveling and such, but we are not having a show on Thanksgiving. I can tell you that much. So people can watch football instead of watching us. I'm going to be disappointed, just so you know, on Thanksgiving. Oh, Packers, Packers are playing. Yeah. Who are you guys playing? Pretty sure we're playing the Lions. Yeah, we're playing the Lions. That should be. That should be. Is it interesting? In, in Lambo at Lambo in or? Detroit. Oh, that should be oh. fun. Oh, that's right because Jack Harlow is doing the halftime performance. Yep. Interesting. Oh. Uh, I'm gonna have you know, fun watching that game. Huzzah! And crying in my bedroom. <laughs> 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 well. Hopefully not. Hopefully there's some optimism there for the Packers as well. But Alex, once again, thanks for joining us on uh, the podcast and we will talk to you next week on Peepers Picks. And hopefully we'll get higher than 50% this week. We have to get at least, well, I'd be either higher than 50 or lower than 50, not at 50. So hopefully higher. I can't be at 50. Yeah, it can't be at 50. No, We won't be. Nope. All right. That was it. Peepers Picks. Tyler, you have anything else to say before we uh, wrap up this evening? Uh, the Tennessee Titans have the fifth lowest points for total in the NFL right now. Yeah, they haven't scored over 30 points in more than a year. 
Last time was against the Packers. Of course. Well, they're also sitting at 154 points for, at least via, like, the Google stats stuff, because I had that pulled up. Do you want to know who's worse, who's less than you right now? The Patriots. Patriots, Jets, Giants, and the Panthers. Wow. The Panthers have one less point than you, and the worst team, of course, is the Giants, sitting at a beautiful 118. Do you see... Any way that Frank Wright keeps his job after maybe after the season, but I, I it's to me what he was promising to show the team and just he's showing what we saw in Indianapolis, but in Carolina, he's showing. Yeah, it. yeah I think. I think if not this year, definitely next year. I wouldn't be surprised if this is like a Lovey Smith situation where he's in for one year and then it's a whole new coach and a whole new scheme next year. They're basically like taking the shoes to skip here. But the one thing I could see happening is Carolina fans being a pissed off at, at that decision because he is your fir- he is Carolina's first quarterback in their history. So how are you going to do him dirty like that? But I think also how are you expecting him to win with that team that's surrounding Bryce Young? Like that's going to be his scapegoat is saying, Oh, it's just the roster construction. Give me one more year and I'll turn it around. Yeah. I think the only way I could see him keeping his job, especially if, if he isn't fired after the season, if they go at least 500 next year, which is going to be a big jump going from basically one and eight right now to 500, I think. I think if they're at this, I think if they're at one win by the trade deadline or have, or no wins, zero to one wins at the trade deadline, if he doesn't get fired this off season, but next off season, I could see him getting the can then. Mm. I don't know. It's going to be weird. I, I think that as you were saying earlier in the show, the Bryce young conversation, him potentially going somewhere else at the end of his rookie contract might be the best thing for him, especially how we've seen just that organization with rookie quarterbacks, Cam Newton going in there, being the franchise for a while, him not falling on the ball during the Super Bowl, losing the Super Bowl, and then since then it's just been a shit show in Carolina. So I don't know if that's the best place for him or not. So it'll be interesting to see what he does at the end of his contract. But that wraps up this week on Out of Bounds. If you haven't done so yet, subscribe to us on all the podcast platforms. Also follow us on our social media handles. We'll be posting the OOB parlay either on Saturday evening or Sunday morning of this week. So hopefully you will tail that and hopefully we can make some money this week as well. Um, And also be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're trying to hit 500 and we're giving away a jersey of your choice. If you subscribe to us on YouTube, follow JDF Media and OOB Podcast on Instagram and if you do all those things, you're entered to win a jersey of your choice, value not to exceed uh, $150. Um, but hopefully you will do that and uh, potentially get a, a free jersey out of it. Once we hit 500 subscribers, we will do that giveaway. So hopefully that happens soon. But yeah, that's it for this week. Hopefully we'll talk to you guys next week. We'll let you know what the schedule is. Be sure to keep an eye on our socials. And we will talk to you then right here on Out of Bounds and JDF Media. Thank you.